0: How's it going today, guys? I'm back here live in my new studio, but once again for another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, March 24th, 2020, and I'm joined by Kyle Thacker, back again after probably a year or so. Kyle, say what's up to the people.
1: How's it going, everyone? Thanks for having me on.
0: Hey, no problem, Kyle. Appreciate you coming on. Um, Just give a little context, guys. I mean, nothing I felt like was really too pressing or changing that much in the Time that we've had off of sports, so, you know, it's it sucks that we're off right now, so I figured I'd get back into podcasting this week. I wanted to take a week or two off just because I spent a lot of my free time, you know, looking over sports information and everything, so I figured I'd take a little time, you know, away from everything, but... First, before we get into NFL free agency and everything, I mean, Kyle, how much does this suck right now, man? I mean, we lost March Madness, no NBA, and there's, we got nothing right now.
1: You know, I don't know what's worse. You know, the fact that there's no sports going on, or watching you uh, complain about there not being any sports <laughs> on. So it's definitely trying times out here.
0: Yeah, I know it's 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 brutal, man. I mean, it just it just sucks because you know we're we're gearing up for the best time. I mean, it literally happened in the middle of the day on Thursday. I mean. That Thursday of conference championships, honestly one of the best times of the whole season. You got NBA going on, you got all these great tournaments, and then it leads into the big week of March Madness, so you know it sucks. We should be doing a Sweet 16 pod right now instead. We're just doing NFL free agency. I mean, honestly guys, NFL free agency is what's helping me get through all this right now, but it's pretty brutal with everything that's going down and whatnot. I'm not going to sit here and give you all my analysis of what's going down because I'm not a doctor, so... That's about all I've got to say on the more depressing subjects. Let's get though to some things to be happy about. Um, you know, we'll go in the order I got everything. Let's start out this. You know, I think the Rams—if we've seen anything since so our free agency—they're screwed.
1: Yeah. Ah. Uh, see here. With the, here's the bad part about going all in. If you miss, you don't have a ton of options to fall back on long term. And the Rams back when they drafted Golf, I believe that was 2016. Uh, they went all in. Uh, they, you know, found guys to put around him. Uh, they made it known they were win now, figure the rest out later. Well, they did not win, and now they have to figure the rest out. So, <laughs> you know, it's just a, it goes to show, you know, a lot of teams, like they say this is, the NFL is a copycat league. So, I mean, if you're going to copy the the Rams route, to how they uh, built their team, then this is the you know this is the downside if it doesn't work out.
0: Yeah, you know they're pretty much paying all their money right now. I mean it's a good thing they're able to get Gurley off the books. He saved him like ten million dollars yeah. and saved him a lot next year. But I mean ultimately you know they're sp- paying all their money pretty much to Donald. Um, they're gonna be Jalen Ramsey because they're trying to clear out cap for him and and uh, and um, Jared Goff. So I mean this is not a good look for them. I mean they lost Michael Brockers and Corey Lilton. I mean, Lilton was a big piece there, a middle linebacker from Brockers, played great next to Donald up the middle. You know, I think the Rams are really screwed here, and I wouldn't be shocked, honestly, if the Rams have one of the worst teams. I and mean, they, oh, they lost Andrew Whitworth as well. I mean, he was like 37 and came out there to be their yeah. left tackle, so... I mean, it's just gonna keep on getting worse and worse. I believe they lost another offensive lineman as well,
1: so Well not to mention they lost their entire secondary that brought them that uh, to that Super Bowl. Marcus Peters is gone, yep. Keith Dalib gone, uh and now Nickel Ro- uh Nickel Roby, he's also Yeah he's also gone. So, I mean, there's a ton of turnover and you had to lock down certain guys and you're stuck with this kind of your uh your main group with there with golf, Donald and you know the, the receivers,
0: them, yeah, yeah, Woods and every, That's where all the money's being spent, pretty much. So, yeah,
1: you got all your money tied up in Flash and no uh, meat and potatoes on your team. So
0: Yeah, and the other thing, too, I think that's really going to come back to bite them this year is the fact, you know, like we are saying, they lost all these guys and they had no draft picks, you know, to draft guys exactly. behind them and because they wasted all their draft picks on trades and everything, yep. so... I mean, don't get me wrong, I like the Ram, the fact the Rams went for it all. I mean, they did get to the Super Bowl, but the thing is, you don't win the Super Bowl, and now you're sitting here with, you know, you open up the pantry, you got nothing in there except for maybe a bag with a couple of crumpled up chips in them.
1: Yeah, and see, I will make one more point. Um, I think it was a great move short-term. You have to think about it like this. They were the first team in L.A., um, by the Chargers, so you have a very short window to assert yourself as the favorite team in that city, and so I support them, you know, going all in, showing the fan base of LA, the potential fan base of LA, that they're here to win, you should hop on the Rams bandwagon but, you know, it didn't work out and here we are, so.
0: Yeah, you know you said it perfectly, you had to come in and make the splash there, I also really think if Gurley's knee didn't get messed up, that I think that things would be a lot different here for them, but the fact that knee just went down, I mean, that's Knee in the O-line is really everything Mm -hmm. Right there Um, Let's keep things moving though And so when we had done this originally The Falcons needed a pass rusher And we went out and got it with Dante Fowler Um, Do you think this is a good decision for the Falcons To go out and pay him and do you think Fowler will be good Because you know you got Brady and Breeze in the division now So you're going to have to be able to get the quarterback
1: Yeah so It was It was a move that had to happen Um, You know if it wasn't Fowler It was going to be someone else the thing with these veteran QBs is coverage can only help you out so much. With Breeze and Brady, it's been shown time and time again if you can get to them, mm-hmm. it's I mean, you have an, an extreme advantage. So, you know, getting pass rushers that are going to be viable game in and game out is going to be very important especially in this division. Um, so yeah, I think it was it wasn't only a good move; it was a move that had to be made by the Falcons in order to compete in the AFC South, or in the NFC South. Sorry. Yeah, you know, I agree with you completely. It absolutely
0: had to be done. I mean, you forget both these guys are in their 40s now. You know, they're not mobile quarterbacks. Breeze has showed, especially in that Vikings game. The Vikings put the damn pressure on him. He went down. The Falcons, when we played them both times, I mean, we especially the first time when we walked, marched in their house and whooped him. I mean, we were getting to the quarterback. We were on Breeze that whole game. That's the key with Drew Breeze. If you can get to him, he's old. He's not going to be able to make those plays anymore. The Vikings got to him, and he made the turnovers and ultimately lost the game for him. That's really what the key is. You know, like you said, you can have the four best secondary guys in the league, but if you can't get to the quarterback, all of it's completely meaningless.
1: I mean, those guys are too smart. They're going to, you know, outsmart any coverage you can throw at them if you give them all day Mm -hmm. in the pocket. So, I mean, yeah.
0: Yeah, and I also think, too, another um, – or we'll go ahead and kind of roll into this, the impact of the Brady move just yeah. in general on the league. Um, I think something interesting to watch out for in this upcoming season is the fact that I mean, it, it kind of did – was proven correct last year in the fact that every single team where that the quarterback – didn't play in the preseason, that that team that they went under whatever their point total was for the first couple weeks, whatever their team total was, or for the game total, because the offense was out of sync, obviously. There's a lot of holds. The receivers weren't running the right routes. But I think it's an even worse time now because, you know, Brady, he loved having Edelman, Cooks, Gronk, all those guys up just to go throw with up at the fields, but he can't even do that now to build any kind of chemistry with Evans and and Godwin. So, I mean, I think this is a huge, you know, I think that – just to begin with the Brady impact, this is a broad, this is a big topic here. I think that that might set this team back and you know hold them back from a little bit of what their potential would be if he had a regular offseason to work out with them.
1: Yeah, I mean, and hey, that's going to be a story for a lot of teams this going into the season. You know, how much are changes going to affect your chemistry and your ability to come together as a team? And I mean, I, obviously I agree, um, Brady is definitely going to be hurt by, you know, the coronavirus and all of this that's going on, you know, not being able to work out and not be able to grow chemistry with these guys, but here's the, here's yeah, the, you know, comes... and especially too, as old as Brady is, he's got to stay indoors and yeah. stay away from that coronavirus. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, I don't know the TB12 method, you know, <laughs> he, he's supposed to be the most in-shape guy in the NFL. All those crystals. Yeah, all that avocado
0: ice cream. I heard that's the cure for coronavirus. <laughs> yeah,
1: but uh, the the thing that I I think is um, kind of leading this story, it doesn't even have to do with the NFC South. It has to do with the AFC East. Um, I really think that the the changes are going to be in that division because. Oh, yeah. The Bills, the Jets, and the Dolphins have been sitting in this Brady cloud of misery for the last uh, 20 years. Um, So to have Brady off the Patriots is going to affect the league. And we've already seen the Bills making moves to try and make themselves the favorite, as they 100% should. I mean, I, I think the Bills are the favorites in that division now. And that's something that no one has said in twenty years. So maybe even longer I mean, than that. The AFC is what is what's to focus on here, in my opinion. Just because I mean, in some way, shape, or form, the last twenty years, the AFC has gone through either Brady, Big Ben, or Peyton Manning. You know, and now it's going through Mahomes. Obviously, mm-hmm. it's changing a little bit. But with that, I mean, who's going to compete with the Chiefs? I mean, the AFC is. Is not. I mean, you have the Titans and the Ravens who are kind of emerging. I would say, um, but, but let's be honest,
0: though. Both those teams lost key offensive linemen, Absolutely. and they've lost. Yeah, both these teams they lost a good bit too at the same time. I'd say the Ravens more so than the Titans. I'd put. I'd say it goes Kansas City Titans, and then I mean Kansas City Ravens, and then yeah. a big drop off. Then probably the Titans. Yeah, no,
1: and I completely agree with that too. Um, but so I expect AFC teams like we've seen with the Bills, like I mentioned. To make moves and try and, you know, take advantage of this shift in power over toward the NFC. I mean, the NFC is going to be an absolute gauntlet. Like, goodness. I mean, you look at that. their, Their quarterback play in the NFC is just incredible. So... I definitely see uh, if I was an AFC GM, I would, I would be making moves because the window's now.
0: Oh, yeah. No, I agree with you completely. The window is wide open in the AFC, and honestly, that probably is the biggest thing. I mean, it's just crazy to think that New England's been this powerhouse, and now they're going to be so bad. I mean, I maybe Cam Newton's – I something about me, because I've seen Belichick's interviews, and he said he, he's a big Cam – Belichick loves Cam Newton, so something about me tells me they might go for him, but at the same time, I still don't think they're more than a nine and six team that can't beat the Kansas City Chiefs or the Baltimore Ravens with Cam Newton in there at quarterback. So, you know, I think it is a, it has huge impact. Also, you know, Brady going to Tampa. I remember when the story kind of started coming out, like right as the season ended, that Brady might not be back. I kept saying I was like, look, I doubt it will happen. I said it on the first podcast when we talked about it. But I could see Brady going to Tampa, and I kept saying, why isn't Tampa a more talked-about landing spot for a quarterback? You know, you've got Mike Evans, Chris Godwin. I'd say those are two top ten receivers in the league right there. Then you have Brate, O.J. Howard, and you have a defense that, I mean, they led the league in stopping the run. They were arguably the best defense on the NFL on paper the last eight weeks of the season. I mean, I was like, wow, this is a young, emerging team. I mean, there's a lot of hype right now for Tampa. And
1: that's something to point out is, you know, that defense is kind of going to allow Brady to play the same way he did when he was in New England. You know, time of possession, uh, We the the game is run through the Patriots, mm-hmm. you know, that they dictate the pace of the game at all times because that defense can stop you anywhere on the field. And so, you know, the Buccaneers being able to stop the run, I, I think that was a huge part. Um, you know, and they have some young stars on that team, so... It, it definitely wasn't as talked about before the off season began, but I, I agree with you. It should have been. So.
0: Yeah, Dominick and Sue is a free agent, but I assume they'll let him walk. I mean, the crazy thing is, though, they got these high first-round picks. They kept all their picks and got Tom Brady. I mean, that's crazy to think about. So Tampa Bay probably, if I had to guess, going to draft a D-tackle. I mean, They'll have plenty of opportunities, you know, to fill that or, spot. Or running back, yeah. Or and run, but I mean, there's this running back draft class is so deep, you can get one exactly. in the third, fourth round easily. And you know, there's always those guys who come out of these out of the MAC and stuff that are freaks. So, running back, I think I think they'll end up being fine. Running plus Ronald Jones emerged a little bit at the end of last season. It's not
1: a bad option. I'm I'm just thinking, you know. The Buccaneers have, have some moves they can make, so it's they'll be an interesting team to yeah, watch. Yeah, and I
0: also believe there's some uh good free agent running backs out there as well. So, you know, they definitely are going to have a chance with everything. But, yeah, the it's, things are definitely looking up in Tampa. I would say that they're I, – I, let's put it this way. I think that there's going to be a team that's going to be able to blitz Brady and get to him in the playoffs, but I think that – got to protect him. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. that – look, I think we're going to see a lot similar to the Brett Favre thing, like probably an NFC Championship game and come up short or something like that.
1: Or I think if Tampa went to the NFC Championship game, it would absolutely – write off anything about is Brady the GOAT if he did that. Yeah,
0: that's that's another thing we need to talk about, too. Do you think if Tom Brady goes here and just plays absolutely awful that he gets exposed as being a system quarterback, or do you think that he can just play the card that he's 43 years old?
1: I think it being Tampa kind of offsets anything that would be a huge detriment to his legacy. Uh, Just because, at the end of the day, he is 43. This is Tampa, a franchise that has not been a winning franchise since when they win that Super Bowl 03, I think. Yeah. Um, (laughs) They haven't been in the headlines since, so... I don't necessarily know if it kills him, but, man, could it really add some luster to his career. I mean, think about it. No one could really say anything about Belichick at that point. I mean... Yeah, no, I see,
0: I agree with you in that sense. I think that, like, I don't think it really makes him look that much worse. If anything, it just makes Belichick look better. Because, I mean, at the end of the day, he is 43 years old, you know? And like you said, it is the Buccaneers. I mean, I don't care how stacked the team is. I mean, he has, and it, plus, I really think these circumstances change a lot of things for him, too. So, I mean, at the end of the day, like, I don't really think that it changes much that happens to Brady. If anything, it just helps him. If Brady go, if Brady goes to the NFC Championship game, then if anything, that just helps his
1: case. Yeah, and, I mean, you know the saying, and, and the NBA players win games, and the NFL franchises win games. You know, front coaching. offices. Coaching. All, yeah, so, I mean, it's it's not as much, you know... On Brady as it is, you know, I think it would just be sh- a, a light to shine on the Buccaneers' yeah. poorly ran franchise. Yeah, well, Bruce. But, I mean, this is this is an opportunity. They have the coaching. Yeah, they Bruce
0: Arians it. did get Carson Palmer at 34 years old to the NFC Championship. He may have even been older than that to the NFC yeah. Championship game, so I wouldn't put it past him. Um, another little trade that happened was the Nick Foles trade to the Bears, and I know the Bears fans were not a big fan of it. Um, I'm not gonna lie. I like Nick Foles, but I'm gonna be honest, I think the Bears have weapons around Nick Foles he can be good with, but I just really think Nick Foles is only good as an eagle. I don't know what it is, but when Nick Foles puts on the Eagles jersey, he's just a completely different player. Like he looked hor- he was good in Jacksonville for the first half of that Kansas City game ever since he got hurt. He was horrible in Jacksonville. I mean, he was pretty much forgettable with the Rams. And honestly, like when he when he became the starter again a couple of years ago, it took me a few minutes to even remember where he went after the Rams, which was Kansas City. But I think Nick Foles is a good player. I think he's a game manager. I definitely think he's an improvement to Trubisky. But I don't think he can take the Bears to Super Bowl levels.
1: Yeah, and uh, so here's my take on this whole Foles deal. Um. You know, I'm trying not to be biased. Uh, I think that the what the Eagles had was lightning in a bottle with Frank Reich and uh, with and Nick Foles. I, they they just clicked. You know, and I think mm-hmm. I think Reich is an incredible, incredible coach. And, oh yeah. You know, I expect to see you know Rivers play better because of that. Um, but I going back to the Eagles, I think it. Didn't necessarily have everything to do with the Eagles, of course. I'm going to say that being a Cowboys fan. But I think it really had to do with Frank Reich. I think he was, you know, the quarterback whisperer at that time. And he really just, him and Foles, like I said, caught lightning in a bottle and rode it all the way to a Super Bowl. But I, as far as him going to Chicago, I think this is Pace trying to save his job. Uh, he has made little to no moves and the move he did make was trading all their draft picks for khalil Mack. when you have a quarterback who can't win you games so here's the thing foals is known as an rpo qb um he ran the rpo with reich and they won a super bowl so i think chicago is going to have Foles there kind of as a dictator on what is trubisky is trubisky just not able to run uh nagy system or is trubisky just not a good quarterback um i think they want to have Foles in there give him a little competition see them side by side i think the understanding of nick Foles is pretty uh unanimous i don't think anybody at this point, thinks Nick Foles is going to walk into their franchise and you know turn their franchise around, but he's a great option and uh, he can run an RPO. So if that's what Nagy's going to run, fine. But I want to see him kind of tailor this toward uh, Foles and tailor it toward uh, Trubisky, and then we'll be able to see you know when he tailors you know certain sets or whatever it may be toward Foles. Is that a better product than what he tailors toward uh, Trubisky and if it's the same thing then I just think Nagy's not the right guy to do this because you need a creative mind in there With if Trubisky is going to be your franchise QB but I mean definitely gives him security and I mean I think I'm really interested in this move just to see how it pans out
0: Yeah, you know, I agree with you.
1: I mean, the Bears, they have a nasty defense. They went out and made the...
0: um, Who was the pass rusher they got? I know they ditched Floyd. I can't think of who who they... Cleo Mack? No, no. They went out and just got another... Oh, uh, from Cowboys. Um,
1: Yeah, Robert Quinn.
0: Yeah, they went out and got Robert Quinn. So, you know, the defense is already bulked up and ready to... They're ready to go on the defensive side of the ball. They're going to be just as good as they have been in the past, but... You know, honestly, I w- I've watched Mitch Trubisky a lot more than a lot of other people have just because I'm a big ACC guy, so i watched him a ton of UNC. Look, Mitch Trubisky has to run the ball. In the games When I watched the Bears play last year, since somehow I got stuck watching the Bears a lot <laughs> last year, he- when he would try to sit back there and just throw the ball, I mean, it was it was unwatchable. I think I could have done the same as him, but when he actually, especially in like the Dallas game, when he got outside of the pocket and used his legs to make plays, that was when that he actually made the defense. And as a rookie, too, he ran the ball a lot more than he did this last year. I also think the fact that he didn't play in the preseason was just stupid. I mean, they didn't play him at all in the preseason. I mean, that Green Bay game, I think they scored three points, which was off a Green Bay turnover. Like, I think that he never really got settled in at all in the regular season. I think that was what made him so bad, is he never got settled in. Then You know, like he even came out and said that the media needed to lighten up on him because they were all going off on him. So it all got in his head, and he just played awful at that point. I think he needs to come in at the, you know, that he's got something to prove, but at the same time, he's got nothing to lose at this point. He just needs to come in and and he needs to put it all out there. I really think he needs to go out there and run the ball. It's just like Brissette when Brissette was running the ball before he hurt his quad. He was up there with the best quarterbacks in the league. Once he hurt his quad, he was. Uh, even worse than a below average game manager so
1: right and so i mean if that if that's the point to make then i think maggie's days are numbered in chicago because you've seen what a good coach can do with a run first quarterback aka lamar jackson he's totally transformed an offense to completely tailored for Lamar and he's running it to perfection and he's passing with incredible efficiency because of the system in place. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's it all starts with the coaching and the strategy put forth for specific players. You know, you want to set up players to succeed. And if Nagy's just gonna run his system the way he wants and tailor it toward no one, then he's not gonna be successful. And so I mean I think that's a trend that I've seen in the NFL, especially with head coaches, is know who's gonna you know tailor their offense or defense Mm. toward the players on their team so we'll see for sure
0: no i agree with you completely and they did go out and get jimmy graham so they could be trying to run you know more of those rpo friendly kind of offense now you got burton and graham because you got to have those two tight ends so definitely a good point there um let's move on though now to a guy you touched on a little bit with frank reich here and that is philip rivers in indianapolis and I know we have two different opinions on this, so I'll go ahead and start out. And I'm not going to lie, I think Phillip Rivers will be an absolute bust in Indianapolis. I think that they could win eight games and get to the playoffs maybe. But at the end of the day, Phillip Rivers is going to force throws and he could care less about stats when it comes down to it. Phillip Rivers loves to run his mouth the entire game and get in other people's heads, but you can get in his head just as easily. Watch Phillip Rivers play games where he throws for, you know, he has all these great stats because he did it all in garbage time when the Chargers sucked. And you know, I really think Philip Rivers will have some good games, and he'll have some four interception James Winston kind of games too here. I mean, he, him and James Winston are very, very similar. I really don't like the signing here in Indy, and I think that it'll be another mediocre at best, seven and nine, eight and eight, you know, one of those kind of seasons here in Indianapolis with Philip Rivers running things.
1: Yeah, and so I obviously have a very different take. I think it's a great move by the Colts. You give once again Frank Reich a proven smart quarterback who you know the you know the basement as far as Philip Rivers like I mean yes his his throw is got no power behind it and he anticipates like 15 yards in advance because it's such a duck but I'm very interested to see this, and I think it could play in huge favor for the Colts. There's two things that I'd like to harp on here. First, the AFC South is anybody's division to win, in my opinion. Yes, I think the Titans have the best core, and they are probably the favorites as of today. Mm-hmm. Um, but Houston trading away Hopkins, that that was just a terrible move, and I think that kind of opens the door for a team like Indy, who now you have three teams that are not elite. I would not call the Titans elite. They got hot in the playoffs, but, you know, they most of the season they proved to be slightly above average, um, and, you know, I don't expect much to change. Um, but they were hot when they did make the quarterback change. Yeah, I, I know that, but... You know, we'll see what a full season now that people know Tannehill, they have film with Tannehill on Titans. Like, you know, it'll be a back and forth, but we'll see how, you know, the rest of the teams react to it. But I believe that this is going to be a move to see if Frank Wright can, you know, play with Rivers, basically. And if he can, it's going to be a huge move. You know, they went out and bolstered that D line, getting DeForest Buckner. And then now they're adding Phillip Rivers, who I I just see, you know, you have the Jaguars and the Texans, who I think at this point are decimated as far as talent goes. Um, They're not deep. Any injuries is going to, you know, cripple them. Mm -hmm. So I really think that this is a play to compete. You know, this is a play to kind of try and make the playoffs, especially with them expanding the playoff board. Um, I think Indy has a great shot with Rivers at the helm, as opposed to someone like Brissett, who's you know not as you know smart. He's not going to make as many. I guess you wouldn't want Brissett to be behind center in a. Well, you wouldn't want Rivers either. He throws a lot of picks at yeah. the end of the game. But you know, I'm just interested to see that duo between Reich and Rivers. I think it could work out for them.
0: Yeah, I, mean, I think best case scenario is eight and eight. So.
1: We'll see. Hey, that could get you a playoff game in the AFC this year. Yeah, that is true. That is true. Hey, and they're playing. Uh, yeah, they're playing 17 games. So, oh yeah, that is actually wait, that is yeah. I got to adjust on my and the extra playoff team. So, yep. yeah, that's what I'm saying.
0: Yeah, it'll be a fun little change there with everything. Um, let's stay in the same division. So this kind of has me a little heated here. So you have Derrick Henry gets tagged. Yet Ryan Tannehill gets the bag, and we'll play on words there as well. But I'm honestly not a fan of this, and if I'm Derrick Henry. I feel like this is an absolute slap in the face, and I'm not signing the franchise tag, and I'm sitting out. I mean, <laughs> Ryan Tannehill didn't throw for 100 yards in two playoff games. In the other game, he threw for like 70 yards in garbage time. Derrick Henry carried this team on his back. I actually had a stat. I'm going to find it once you start talking, but Derrick Henry... Gets stronger as the game goes on. He is an oh, yeah. absolute a work. Yeah, he's a workhorse. There's no running back in the league that's like Derrick Henry. Still, he's a modern day running back. You would have seen, or he's a running back you would have seen the last like 20 years watching football. Not as much today. I mean, this guy absolutely just runs teams over and takes games over. I don't think there's any running back in the league like him. I'm
1: against not paying running year. backs, but <laughs> he's the only running back I'm willing to pay. Yeah, not last year. He was he was the man last year. So what I what I have. To take away from this is pretty simple. Um, once again, two things. First, this is still a QB league. Uh, QBs run this league, and and if anyone, Tennessee just showed that by signing a guy who played what eight games for them in the regular season last year. I don't even know if it was that many. Exactly, and as opposed to a guy who literally put the team on his back. Now, the second point is Tennessee doesn't want to end up like LA. Gurley was the same thing. You know, he put. I mean for I mean, not nearly as much as Henry did because, you know, Gurley had more talent on the offensive side than Tennessee does. But I mean, you would argue that Gurley f- was the main reason of LA's claim to fame there was that twenty eighteen. Uh so I I just don't I think they don't wanna put themselves in a bad position. I think it's a really good move. Um as far as Tennessee's concerned if he now, plays though if he plays correct um you know i would not be surprised if he sat out because i'd be pretty pissed off personally but you know let the record show this is a this is a smart long-term decision by Tennessee you know they want to give themselves options they don't want to have to cut a Todd Gurley cut a Derrick Henry and you know not really have anything to do with it imagine if the rams would have got would have not given Gurley that big deal franchise tagged him and then they would have had a lot more options so i mean it's definitely it's giving them security and lowering their risk there so i mean i understand it but it just goes to show who runs this the league i mean quarterbacks Still do, and it's not changing anytime soon. Yeah, also, the Rams did a little bit in their
0: defense try to give Gurley the deal a year early so he wouldn't have taken as many hits, but it didn't end up mattering. Um, I will say this as well I did read over the new CBA, so it's only players that are currently under contract that will get fined for holding out. So, like if it like Cam Chancellor when he held out a couple of years ago, that wouldn't fly under the on this, or sort of like Julio sure. when he tried to sit out, but Derrick Henry technically hasn't signed his franchise tag yet. so he could sit out still, but um, the other thing I was going to say too about Derrick Henry is Derrick Henry. As the game goes on, he absolutely takes over, and especially in December, which you wouldn't expect for running backs to get stronger, he has three hundred or three thousand eight hundred thirty-three career rushing yards in um, in the regular season in December, and wow. and thirty-nine point five or being thirty. Sorry, that's his regular season rushing yards total, but thirty-nine point five percent of those came in December. Wow. Yeah, so he gets stronger as the season goes on. Like we saw him last year in the playoffs, they sat him out for that one game so he could, uh, you know, kind of get a little load NBA load management style against the Saints, and then after that, he I think had the had the three biggest rushing performances in NFL history in a row in December later. So, yeah,
1: so I'll I'll make one more point to kind of play devil's advocate here. you know, Derrick Henry was on the on that same Titans team at the beginning of 2019 when they weren't winning any games with Mariota under center and he was also on the same this team. Did, and no, remember they had to play the Colts week 17 to see who went to the playoffs and they lost. Okay. No, I'm am t- talking about this year, 2019 to 2020. Oh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, uh so the 2019-2020 season. Okay, okay, um, okay. I mean, he was still, he was on that team and they were not winning games, so it should, and then as soon as they made the transition to Tannehill, to kind of contradict my earlier point when I was talking about the Colts, but when they made that switch to Tannehill, they started winning games, so I mean you know Derrick Henry while he is an absolute undeniable beast he may not translate into wins and i think that's why this is a smart move by tennessee considering he plays yeah but you
0: know still at the end of the day no matter how good your run game is you got to have that pass game like aj right. brown i mean who was aj brown until about week 10 or so and then he yeah. became the best fantasy receiver in the league you know yeah. like it I, I definitely agree with you though you have to have a quarterback that can get the ball out there i just think henry deserves to get his money um after that, this division gets even crazier. You know, we probably saw Bill O'Brien make the worst trade of all time, and that was trading Hop to um, the Cardinals for, I believe, they got a fourth round pick and David Johnson. So I'm going to go ahead and start this off. That was absolutely the worst trade I've ever seen. I mean, we saw Diggs get traded for a first round pick and three other draft picks later on in the, that day. And I mean, Stephon Diggs is about, I'd say, probably like number like. somewhere from the 12 to 18 to 20 range. I would say he's top 15. Yeah, he's top 15 receiver, you know, and you see him getting that when DeAndre Hopkins is arguably the best wide receiver in the entire league and you're getting a washed up running back that no one in the league wants that's on a horrible contract and a fourth and like fifth round pick. I mean, I literally, like honestly, like Arizona is like, I know it's a a fantasy saying but Arizona trade raped them.
1: Yeah, and Let me do my due diligence here before I absolutely slam Bill O'Brien. Hopkins is coming up on a contract here next year. Um, There are rumors that he was going to sit out the entire year, and that freaked Bill O'Brien out. Um, You know, there's been a million other reports about how O'Brien and Hopkins didn't get along, how Hopkins didn't try and practice, blah, 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 blah. With all that being said, this is the dumbest move of the offseason, hands down, and probably the last 10 years in the NFL. I have not seen something that returns so little value when you have a golden nugget sitting at your fingertips. Like, I understand if this was the best offer you got, this is the best offer you got. And you really do need a running game in that offense in order for Deshaun to get some relief. You know, you can't draft five guys in an offseason to protect him, so you're gonna have to do something. But David Johnson is not the guy. Like, I would have rather had C.J. Henderson. Like, I mean, like... Or, sorry, C.J. Anderson. Yeah. I don't want a guy who has not been able to prove he can stay healthy, is basically what I'm saying. I mean, here's the thing with uh, Johnson is he hasn't been able to stay healthy since he blew up in Arizona. And I... If a guy that's not healthy is not going to help Deshaun. So there's really nowhere for me to make any kind of rationalization in this trade whatsoever. It was just terrible, and I'd be pissed off if I was a Houston fan.
0: Yeah, absolutely. I feel bad for the Houston fan base and for Deshaun Watson. Yeah. I will say this, too. Carlos Hyde did have his most productive season in that in, in period in the NFL as a wow. running back. He went over 1,000 yards for the first time in his career. Um, I'm not saying I I would rather go get someone in the draft if I was them. Um, but I mean, on top of that, you know, I really think the way Deshaun Watson plays, he needs DeAndre Hopkins, you know, did they play together when they were at Clemson? I can't, I think that I don't actually know they didn't play together when they were at Clemson. Hopkins Hopkins came. Yeah. Hopkins was out a year before that he he played with,
1: he played with Taj Boyd. Yep. Yep. That's right. (laughs) And Sammy
0: Watkins. Yeah. But, um, you know, I think the way that Sean Watson plays, he needs guys like Hopkins. You know, Will Fuller's going to strain his hamstring in week three, and I... we won't see him again until week 12, and then we won't see him again for the rest of the season. You know, Will Fuller has proven to be injury-prone. He tore his knee up when he was in college, or he would have been a top-ten pick, I mean, before he tore his knee up then. He's been injury-prone his whole career. Nothing's going to change there. Kiki Kuti is decent, Ugh, but, I mean, come he, on. he was hurt all Yeah, I mean, but he's no DeAndre Hopkins I mean, DeAndre Hopkins was an absolute game changer. I mean, Sean Watson, when he runs around back there and then he throws up a prayer and Hop answers it, I mean, I think that DeAndre Hopkins is the most essential player to this entire offense, and I think he changes a lot of things. I mean, Deshaun is a playmaker, don't get me wrong, but Deshaun is... As much as I hate to say it, he is a little inaccurate at times, and Hop can make up for a lot of those mistakes that he might make. And I think that I just think trading him was very stupid, unless the Texans have some sort of plan to somehow get Jerry Judy or Ruggs or somebody like that in the draft. I think it was foolish.
1: Yeah. I completely agree.
0: Yeah, and also uh, a couple of of the Houston uh, media guys I follow on Twitter were absolutely having a field day with Bill O'Brien. I saw one of them say that if he saw Bill O'Brien right now, he would try to fight him. So He would tell him to square (laughs) up. So that's how mad they were, just if that says anything to you all. Uh, we did kind of touch on this move a little bit. Um, Stefan Diggs is traded to Buffalo for a first round pick and a couple others. You know, low key, also, the Vikings are having a good offseason as well. I mean, they did lose Everson Griffin and some older guys, but they were able we, Yeah, but, Trey uh, Wayne. But Xavier Rhodes did have, like, he was horrible this last season. No, I don't even know. I mean, it proves how easy it is to make the Pro Bowl and how meaningless making the Pro Bowl is in the NFL because Xavier Rhodes was horrible,
1: but he still made the Pro Bowl. And I'm a Florida State fan saying that about one of my guys. So well, I mean, it also goes to show about. About, you know, who how things can change so much from year mm-hmm. to year, you know? So. No, absolutely. The Vikings are having to move on from some older guys, but I mean, they're able to r-
0: literally restock the entire cupboard now. I mean, they get gr- Griffin off their paybooks, but. Ultimately, like you you said it best, I mean, this is a great move by Buffalo. I've been preaching that Josh Allen needs a number one target. Smokey Brown is not going to get the job done. He finally has a great receiver. Josh Allen, though, was one of the most inaccurate quarterbacks in the NFL. I believe he was, like, th- outside of basically all the scrub quarterbacks that were interchangeable. He was, I think, like the second or third worst in the league at throwing the deep ball. But I think that Diggs should help him get a little bit better at that. But ultimately... Getting a new target in here can only help Josh Allen get better and help the Bills. You know, they're the favorite to win the division now, so they got to win it.
1: Yeah, and like I said earlier, I I like the Bills to win this division Um, coming up. And I like the move to get a real number one guy for Allen. And not only just a number one guy, Diggs is a deep threat guy. And, I mean, when you think of Josh Allen, what's his upside? It's, you know, his his arm talent so why don't you get someone who supports that so I I think it's a great trade bills are bills are all in for this season
0: yeah I love the fact the bills are going all in um another team who plays in the same division as them as well it looks like he's moving all in you think the Dolphins have set up for a massive draft
1: yeah and so I actually like what Miami is doing this all season more than pretty much any other team in the NFL I mean they've been loud they've made moves but they've made the right moves and you know, this is all speculation, but it seems to me like they're shaping up to draft a QB in this draft. Um, it wouldn't really make any sense otherwise because they're bolstering the depth of their roster. And if they were going to do that and try and draft a QB next year, they're going to be too good at this point. Um, so they're not tanking. It, I think they're going to trade up and get Tua. Um, I agree. And the reason, they have six picks in the top 70. That's that's basically three picks for the first and second round each. So that's, I mean, that's insane in its own right, but they definitely have the picks to make any move they want outside of Burrow because I think Cincinnati's kind of shown they're not going to trade that pick. Um, But if that's what they are doing, it's basically, you know, taking up the mold of the old LA Rams team. Uh, When they drafted Jared Goff, Jared Goff had weapons. He had everything he needed. you know, they, they struck out in the Super Bowl, but they made it there, you know I mm-hmm. mean, that's impressive in its own right, so I think Miami is really making a push and they've got talent on that team now, um, they need to go get some offensive line help in uh, in the draft but like I said, they have six picks in the top 70, I mean, they can do so much the options are endless and I mean, options are really what makes you know makes me drool as a fan, you know, if I'm I'm sitting there even as a GM, you know, just having the ability to make so many different moves is, I mean, there's an endless amount of opportunity there. So I I love what Miami's doing.
0: Yeah, I agree with you completely, and I think they're in a better spot than the Rams because, you know, the Rams, they had to deal with that one horrible Jeff Fisher year than kind of – then they bolstered the entire team for golf. They didn't have this many
1: picks either. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. So I think the Dolphins are in a great position here. You know, they could probably get away with giving up two of those first-round picks and one of those seconds and get up there and get to a – because I know some of these teams, you know, that especially they don't need a quarterback, you just need players. And so why right. would you not go out and get three – when you can get three, you know, guys in the top 60, 70 picks – Rather than get one guy, you know, unless it's unless it's Chase Young, he's probably the only mm-hmm. one that I would just say I'd rather just pick Chase Young than get all those assets for. But, you know, I think the Dolphins are set up better, and especially the way they ended last season. You know, it's like they got the momentum going and mm-hmm. everything. The Dolphins, so every single year I have a team that missed the playoffs that I think will not only, that I think will make the playoffs. So two years ago it was the Bears. Um, Last year, it was the 49ers, and I think the Dolphins are setting up to be in that same spot for me right now. Obviously, I want to see who they go out and get as a quarterback. I could see them getting... Tua, but also bring in like Andy Dalton or someone else as well if they don't want to play Tua right off the bat. And I think you can win a lot of games with Andy Dalton. I've been waiting on Devontae Parker as well to kind of emerge as the player that he was at Louisville, because he was way under the radar when he's at Louisville and he finally started to emerge at the end yeah. of last season. I think there's a lot of good momentum for this team rolling ahead and I think Flores has this team shaping up to you know have a great season they got the secondary guys they got the offensive line i think and now they got all these draft picks so they're going to be able to get the quarterback get them you know what what if they were able to get two Then they were able to get rugs and they're able to get O
1: line help you know like that would be massive yeah i completely agree i'm i'm excited and you know they are an AFC contender this year i know that's kind of hard to believe considering you know they got swamped especially at the beginning of last year um uh, but I'm telling you, they're going to be real competitors, especially in the climate of today's AFC. So I'm excited to see them. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's been a crazy NFL offseason. I mean, this has
0: been one of the most packed ones I've seen with, you know, these big-time QBs that have been in the same spot for so long, moving around, all these players, you know, all these teams getting desperate to make any kind of move. So I thought that this was at least a fun offseason and kind of helped take our minds off the uh, – bigger things going on in the world right now. But Kyle, I appreciate you coming on. Yeah, thanks for having me on. Hey, I appreciate everyone who tuned in and listened. Let's stay strong, guys, and we'll talk to you all again soon.